Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash career slash USBP. It's the Custard TV Podcast. Hello, I'm Luke, editor and runner of the website. Gary's here in the London area. Hello, people. Hi, yeah. Uh, Matt's here in the northern quarter. Hello. Matt and I met up yesterday, which was nice. Was that you? <laughs> yeah, it was. I didn't know if you recognised <laughs> me the whole time. I thought maybe you'd sent a ringer, Luke, you know, someone. No. But we went, we, we went to this burger bar, Gary, and Matt had... Quite a pretentious burger. It was a lamb burger with uh, goat's cheese and beetroot puree. I'd, I'd, I'll approve of the lamb burger, not the not the beetroot. Was it was it nice? Yes. What did, nice. what did you have, Luke? I just went. I went for the. He had the cheapest person. thing on the menu. No, I never <laughs> did. Yeah, I just had the normal person cheeseburger. <laughs> I, I I've got a little regret though because I had the. Um, skinny fries they were and they were basically like matchsticks they weren't chips at all you know and you did have the option of the skin on fries or the thick fries that's my only regret from yesterday that and meeting up with matt again matt had the nicest looking onion rings i've ever seen i mean i just I and that's st- not I a euphemism luke gary and matt this could be a podcast a podcast don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those uh definitely not anyone with a computer can make one talking telly use your ears and trust them this is the custard tv podcast yes that would entertain me briefly from the custardtv.com bit of podcast business while we're here while we're all together uh our chat that we've teased before now with charlie and uh, daisy cooper them off of this country the stars and the writers of that their bbc3 comedy is now live on the podcast feed and online at the website thecustertv.com very interesting chat and they were lovely to speak to so have a listen when you can uh, we hadn't done news on the podcast for a while so we'll do that now because there actually is some uh one of our favorite shows this year unforgotten all we do is hide away uh, we'll be hearing the theme tune again uh because it's going to be back unless they change series. it unless they do what they did with the wire and have a different person sing no, the same they, song they couldn't do that sure i was like a reggae version next year yeah. <laughs> all we do is hide away <laughs> Chris Lang is writing again. He's written the first two and he's going to write this one. No word on story or cast. It is very, very much in. Well, I'm just... guessing it'll be a case that's laid dormant for a while that they find and then start and it involves a lot of people that were related to that story. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be blooming good. And Louis uh, Theroux has confirmed he'll be back on BBC Two with three uh, documentaries heading back to um, the US, sadly. I did enjoy... The ones he filmed last year in the UK, but going back to the US... Unless for... he's misspelt the third one and it's Houston instead of Houston. 
Yeah, it's murder in Milwaukee, opiate city, and sex trafficking in Houston, or sex trafficking. The third, in the third one, by the way, is a working title. The first two are confirmed. The third one they said was a working title, so that we don't get someone going, "Oh, it wasn't called that in the end," like on Twitter or something. Who would do that? I know. Um, strap yourselves in. We're going to go west for an awfully long time. Do your thing. <laughs> The CW Network has renewed Riverdale for season two. A new episode drops every Friday on Netflix, uh, and I'm keeping up with that. We're going to talk about uh, Goliath on Amazon. That's been given a second series. And the uh, new to ITV Friday night's Lethal Weapon has been given a second series. And the best news, probably for Matt and Luke and me, is that more four have agreed to show The Good Fight. That's the the Good Wife uh, spin-off that we reviewed a couple of weeks ago in spring, which is technically now. So... Where is it more for? We're going to do three reviews uh, in Gary Goes this week. Uh, of Gary, Sunday. I was thinking we could yeah. do maybe Lethal Weapon and Taken together because they're quite similar. That's probably not a bad idea, Matt. Let's try and do that. Well, let's let's start <laughs> very quickly. Let's try. Let's put our heads together and try. Okay, Lethal Weapon and Taken are very similar in the sense that they are television series made of major films, which is Good. tending to be a bit of a trend in America now. Does it suggest perhaps they're running out of ideas? I don't know. Yes. You know. First of all, let's just quickly recap Lethal Weapon for those that are completely unaware of it. Uh, it's a very basically a buddy cop uh, show. Uh, Riggs, uh, who was played by Mel Gibson in the original film, is the kind of is the actual lethal weapon. Uh, he's an ex army uh, navy, sorry, an ex navy seal. Is this in the who, film as well? Or just yeah, pretty in, much, pretty much the... the same plot as the film. There okay. might be a few differences. I've not the seen the of, film. Yeah, I've seen the film. He's basically sort of a little bit suicidal. His his wife has died recently in a, in a in a in a crash where she was pregnant, and he's basically very down on his luck and drinking a lot, and he's kind of a very much on edge. Uh, so in the opening scenes in the TV show, he uh, manages to avert a bank heist by basically just walking into the middle of the heist with all guns pointing at him. You know, he's kind of got a bit of a death wish. The other character is Murtoch. Who in the Murtar. film? Murtar. Oh well, it, there's various ways of pronouncing it. I think uh, it's Murtar. Thank you. Uh, and <laughs> in the films, again, he's played by oh rats, I've forgotten his name. Danny Glover. Thank you very much. And in the TV series, it's kind of a watered down version, but he's a fan. Damon Wayans. I thought I recognised him. Well done. It was a Wayans. So the basic premise of this first episode is them investigating a murder up on the uh, Hollywood Hills. Uh, it looks made to look like a suicide, but they, through their sort of partnership and unusual ways of doing things, realised that it wasn't. The episode moves along at a lightningly fast pace, and you get an awful lot crammed into this first pilot episode, including some sort of very crazy scenes, uh, some sort of outrageous stunts and stuff. The antithesis to that, really, is this idea of Taken, which is on Amazon, and again, you get new episodes every week. I have not seen the Taken film, but I think anybody who's anybody can quote the Liam Neeson, I will find you and I will track you down. The lead character has about the amount of charisma as probably Liam Neeson's left toe. I think they've done it slightly differently to the film. In my understanding of the film, it's his daughter oh, that gets kidnapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this, no, I think, in... I think it's meant to be a prequel 
This is the character of Brian Mills. It's his sort of origin story. But basically, he was a DEA agent who was involved in uh, capturing and then unfortunately kill or killing uh, a drug lord's uh, son. And his sister gets killed in a revenge hit, tit for tat. You know, you killed my son, I killed your sister. The main character uh, then sort of goes on the run. He's double-crossed by an old DEA agent. There's another government agency that's watching him the whole time in the whole idea of drawing out this drug lord. Including Uh, uh, Jennifer Beals from Flashdance, who I feel should have put her dungarees on at some point and been covered in water. That would have... uh... Put this up a bit for those of you that remember that scene it moves very slowly although there's a lot that's going on the idea that they're watching him is the plot device that allows them to talk about him you know it's the way they get to exposition going on yeah the exposition i don't know that it really works and the whole episode is really a build-up to the end where jennifer beale's character invites him to join their unit in order to crack criminals i think to do a like adaptation tv of a movie You've got to get what people liked about the movie the first time round. And I think with Lethal Weapon, they sort of got that, the the sort of fast-paced action. The, I think the chemistry between uh, Damon Wayans and the actor is Clayne Crawford, who plays... Never uh, seen him before. No. He's in uh, Rectify, which I love, but I... Yeah, yeah, I've not seen that. And I think the best scenes in Lethal Weapon are probably when it's just those two on the screen talking. I like the, the scene of them together... At Murtaugh's house, you know, when his family meet him for the first time. And yeah, for the most part, as you said, it, it ricketed along nicely. I was never bored. Whereas with Taken, I was really done. Yeah. And is with Taken, I think that the reason people took to Taken was that um, it was silly. And it was sort of, again, the pace was quite fast, I believe. People like found it funny, even though because it, it took itself too seriously. But it had a lot of action here. It was very slow paced. I, I think the, the the difference is that there's no charisma in the in the performances in Taken either. Liam Neeson no, is a memorable. very charismatic performer, and this Clive Standen is is like a plank of wood. That, that might be uh, derogatory to some sort some planks, planks of, of wood. wood yeah. Well, I'm going to be quite dull and say I agree wholeheartedly with Matt. Really, I don't. Yeah. I, I found Lethal Weapon to be... Surpri- I didn't think I was going to like it, and I found myself drawn in. I and was and sorry, Luke, just to cut over yeah. you, I think Friday Night on ITV is a good place to have this as well. Yeah. It feels, like, it feels like a good slot for it. I quite enjoyed it. I tried not to go in with preconceptions. I didn't really want to watch it, and I wouldn't have watched it had we not no, been talking about it for the podcast. But I didn't mind it, and I... It wasn't a slog, it was quite easy. Would I watch any more? Probably not, but I enjoyed the pilot. I thought it was Again, ditto. Taken, I thought about attacking Gary after watching really, Taken. Really, yeah. No. I, well, I didn't know much about this. At this uh, parts so... of watching Taken, I wasn't watching Taken. I was visualising how I was going to verbally abuse you for making Maybe. me watch it. <laughs> but, yeah. I just found it completely devoid of anything to care about. I didn't mind the sister character, but of course... She died. She died. Yeah, she, died. she goes she died. very quickly. Nothing no, in I... that first episode made me want to watch anymore. The response in the US to Lethal Weapon, although you say it's been renewed, I think that what they've done wrong is if they'd have just 
done this as a buddy comedy, crime comedy with with a different title, it might get more mm. attention because the people are just thinking, oh, it's Lethal Weapon, I've seen that, I don't need to see a TV remake. So it's kind of been forgotten about already. Do you think Fox... that's the problem then with these films? I think part of the thing that they do adapt films is because you've got the inbuilt brand there, but do you mm. think there are people who go... Well, I've seen the film. I don't want to see a TV series of it well, as well. About, and that's... Also, as well, hasn't there? There's been about three lethal weapons, maybe four. Uh, let's move on to Goliath. Now, the reason we chose this was because, again, it had been renewed. You say we. There was an email, and we all agree. This is basically a legal drama uh, created by David E. Kelly, whose name mm. will be synonymous with L.A. Law and uh, Boston Ali Legal. Mobile. In my opinion, Goliath is a vehicle for how good an actor Billy Bob Fulton is. He was once a high-flying lawyer who's created a company that is now sort of like a major conglomerate worldwide. Thank you. But basically, he now is uh, almost like a better call Saul kind of ambulance-chasing lawyer. Uh, and, and you very early get to realise that he's, you know, a, a consummate drinker. He spends most does most of his business out of a pub. And he forgets the names of his clients and even what year or how old his daughter is. Goliath is basically the fact that it's a, it's a David versus Goliath court case. Basically, you have um, a, a, a woman whose brother was killed in a boat accident, um, which was appeared to be an act of terrorism or international or own terrorism, they blew up a boat. There was a scene right at the beginning of the first episode where you saw this boat out in sea that got blown up. It appears that this massive company have paid off his wife, made her comfortable because she doesn't want to know the truth. But uh, a, a young flaky lawyer who's doing a favour for this uh, the sister basically approaches uh, Billy Bob Norton's character. And then the more he starts to dig in, to the story, he realizes there might be something. Well, she here. wants a, she wants a settlement, doesn't she? But he yeah, starts he wants to like in a thirty and... grand settlement yeah. and offers him five thousand yeah. to, to because basically the, the, the way is is that he uh, was this lawyer who has a way in with this company, and his ex wife is still running that company. Billy Bob Thornton is very good. I think he is believable as someone who's a bit down and out on their luck. He has a very weathered looking face and look. So I quite liked this. Um, and I think I might watch more because it does have, again, a strong legal view. You know, there are, there's motions, there's mm. all these things, which if you've been a fan of things like The Good Wife or other other shows like L.A. Law, you know, will be but familiar to Different you. from that, this is solely around the one case, isn't it? This is eight episodes yes. on this one case. It felt to me like this was sort of like the first like half or third of a really sort of gripping legal movie rather than like... It feels like it's being strung out too much over eight episodes. I liked elements of this. I Mm. liked all the law stuff. Where were the elephants again? Sorry. Much to use a phrase that we have, we should almost trademark on this podcast. At no point did I believe what I was watching. And and (laughs) I didn't, I just didn't believe what I was watching was happening. And it was these people in this world. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Billy Bob Thornton, good. Always, always good. I, I think. If you've not seen him, and I know you two haven't, but I'm talking to the wider podcast listeners. Yes, hello, other person. Um, Hi, mum. <laughs> if you've not, <laughs> if you've not seen him in the first series of Fargo, is he's just that's the best he's ever been in my view. But this is very, very good as well. He, he's a very strong and reliable lead. 
But I think as soon as you realise you don't believe it, then it just falls apart a bit. So none of us are going back to Taken. I'm done with Lethal Weapon because I enjoyed it, but not enough to really pursue it. Matt feels the same. Where are we on Goliath? I'm I'm the same on Goliath. I won't watch anymore. You're uh, really tricky. As, as, really... as yeah. I said, though, it's because it doesn't feel like a, a, a story yeah. that would stretch over these eight episodes. Well, it, it must do, I presume. Yeah, but, but I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know because I'm going to be the one that's going to give it a go. It's on okay. the list. Matt's cool because he binges on shows. That's what the kids do nowadays. Except Matt binges on shows meant for 50-year-old women. With the reviews, here's Matt. Hello. Oh. I'm going to. I'm going oh. to. I'm not. I'm not clapping it this week because no. of his attitude. That attitude stinks. It's, it's it's gone to his head. So I'm not. I'm not <laughs> clapping the hello. So, well, let's start with called the midwife. When was the last one we talked about? Was it number two or number three? Probably. The, yeah, the one where the woman goes out overseas. Yeah, was probably the last one we talked about before. Yeah. So we've had just a basic sort of overview of the series. Then we we've got one more episode to go. We had the penultimate episode on Sunday night about the mixed race family, and the other story was. For the Middahides. Yes, if the, 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 they went to the children's home in Roehampton yeah. where they're fitting all the artificial limbs yeah. for the people that uh, took that, Which was a really good... I, I like how they haven't just dropped that. They haven't just forgotten about this family. You know, they brought them in last series, didn't they? Going back a couple of episodes as well, we had the female genital muta- mutilation yes. story, which I felt they handled really well. You know, the early judgments made by the midwives that, you know, we've never seen this before. This is, And then it was like, oh, this is common practice in Africa. I just thought it was really well handled. Also, I suppose we ought to mention that Helen George's character is now romantically linked with the dentist. Uh, that was introduced a couple of episodes ago as well. And, and also uh, the sort of mental decline of Sister Mary Cynthia, played brilliantly by Bryony Hannah in those episodes, who was a character who was sort of like, like, she started off as one of the midwives and then decided to become a nun and then she sort of lost her mind a bit, didn't she, here? She was like, you know, these vows, I need to complete these vows. And in the end, she went off to... A, a community, I think, didn't she, somewhere? Yes, she was first of all put in a mental hospital, which they didn't think was They open. didn't know about. The mother house put in yeah, the, the, house. The, the evil mother house, which has never shown its face. <laughs> uh, I'm worried that how are they going to refer- bring all these storylines together at the end of the series? And of course, we've still got the situation where you've got the marriage, the, the impending marriage of the vicar, and we think that's what the next episode will be, is the in, wedding, Yeah, isn't it? At, well, the marriage, and I reckon Sheila will probably have a baby in the last episode, and yeah. maybe Patsy's going to come back because there was talk about I don't think she's coming back in this series but Mm -hmm. uh, I could be wrong Shall we talk Broadchurch Luke have you caught up with Broadchurch I have have. S3 Ep2 This week we had more of the the same I suppose they were investigating uh, Trish's um, rape a little bit more you got to meet like some of the suspects Trish's ex-husband played by um, Charlie Higson for me, one of the be- one of the highlights of this episode, Charlie Higson, there was the sort of taxi driver who knew Trish. There was the very surly owner of the uh, the bait shop, the sort of oh, fishing. God's sake! Oh God! Shop. Yeah. And obviously, you got more about Lenny Henry and uh, Sarah Parrish's husband. The problem I have with this, and I said this to Luke, I was talking about this yesterday because you hadn't seen the episode at the time, is that basically this being a rape rather than a murder. Say in the first series of Broadchurch, we knew it was like an accidental murder, so there was a chance that anybody in that town 
could be mm. a murderer, but it wasn't like they they were evil. Whereas in this, you, you're dealing with a premeditated sexual crime. All of the men that they interview have to look slightly dodgy and slightly sleazy. And it is just gets a bit repetitive. And it is like, very much these dodgy sort of... men. They have to, yeah, they have to but, sort of squirm but... a bit on screen, have to look a bit dodgy because you've got to suspect them all of this premeditated crime. Whereas with the first series, it wasn't premeditated. But the fact that they have to build up a number of suspects for a sexual crime in the first place is a bit uneasy. And the way that they've obviously directed all these actors to look is the same way, slightly shifty. And it becomes comical in, in a yeah, funny way. It does, especially, sure. with it, in, especially when you've got Charlie Hickson and Lenny Henry as two of the suspects. Yeah. Does this yeah. way of doing it make you think you might not be as disappointed? Because well, they're painting all the characters as having the ability or the character that might have done this. My problem is, because it's a, a rape, which, as we said last week, is something very personal and makes hmm. me feel quite uncomfortable, then whoever perpetrated it whoever the the uh... discover this is daniella hi it's jennifer coolidge i just want to thank you for making me feel so special i earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries that's great but with discover cashback debit we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases anything else i can help you with do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet i've got leftovers introducing discover cashback debit a checking account with cash back it pays to discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Um, rapist And is. the fact it's premeditated as yeah. well. Is, is, yeah. Whoever the rapist yeah. is, when we get to episode seven or eight and we find out who the rapist is, there's not going to be this hallelujah moment. There's going to be, oh, I didn't, I was hoping it wouldn't be him or... Not because I'd be disappointed mm-hmm. with the way the story's gone, but because you don't want a nice character to have done this. You want an evil person to have done it. And either way, I don't know how invested I am. Elsewhere, the broad church echo is closing down and nobody's visiting the church. Oh, God. See, <laughs> I think Chris Chibnall thinks he's writing The Wire. And what he's actually writing... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I do think... The coast. The, the echo was a big part of the plot in the first series, wasn't it? You know, the fact that you had the journalist that revealed the story. Bloody early. Twitter. I wonder whether you're just trying to keep those things familiar and they're trying to create things. I mean, obviously, yeah, local newspapers are folding is... and, you know, things like that. It's it's topical. I don't know. I just I just think he thinks he's writing a different story than he... I mean, we, for some reason, I don't know why, but when we watched the second episode, we were eating dinner. We are doing that common people thing of eating dinner on our laps in front of the telly, catching up on Broadchurch, because I knew we were talking about it today. And for some reason, like, we, the sound wasn't great, and we had the subtitles on. You can't help when you've got subtitles on, whether it's in English or whatever language, to read the subtitles as you go. You can't help not to. A lot of the dialogue was really crap those bits in those newspaper things where she's going oh i don't think so petal or i don't think so darling or and i just think nobody talks like that and i don't think no. we need we don't need any of those a silly, maggie subplot we don't need we don't a maggie need, subplot just generally. we don't need <laughs> what chris chibnall needs to do and he has done it this series to give him his, his due he needs to focus on olivia coleman and david Tennant as much as he can one area of praise would be Georgina Campbell, who I thought was good, and I liked her interactions with Olivia Coleman, the sort of yeah. 
you know, she was quite snide towards her, and you know, I like that reveal at the end that she's Lenny Henry's daughter. You know, Georgina Campbell is, although she's giving a good performance, everybody apart from Olivia Coleman and David Tennant, and even them to a point, they're so angry. Like, mm. the... Wait, don't forget, this is now a small village that has gone through a murder and a trial that didn't convict the murderer. You're, talk, the, you're talking about a, a town that's probably more hardened now towards the police because of that. Um, so I think some of that is understandable. I agree they don't do a mm. good of job of explaining but, yeah. that. It mm. did need, you know, it was me that had to interpret that. But I yeah. think you can understand the reticent to kind of help people. Charlie Higson's character refused the DNA test. I like Which I that. thought was very like good. That. Well, yeah, because you know they said it's voluntary, and he went, "Well, I don't trust the, I don't trust the police having my information." It, it becomes um, very samey. It becomes very, you know, you're watching the same scene over and over again. My favourite bits are still anything with Olivia Coleman. Pretty much, there was a love. There was a really sort of believable scene between her and Jodie Whittaker, where she mm. they talk about I found my mum's vibrator, and she told oh yeah, me with the eating chips in the in yeah. the. She told me it was a whisk. I love that line. Um, but apart from that, you know, I still think Julie, Julie Hesmental is really good in this, and I oh, think her is. character, her character is developing. The further she moves away from the the, the, the sexual assault, and she mm. becomes more like she would have been beforehand, you're seeing how good a character actress she is. I mean, I will watch this to the end out of completistisms, but I don't Loyalty. know how. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't watch it on Monday night because we were doing things. I watched it on Tuesday because I knew we were talking today. Today's Wednesday, by the way, people. I was not at all sort of going, oh, yes, it's Monday, it's Broadchurch. I didn't feel like that. I, um, I didn't watch it on Monday night, I have to say. I didn't feel I didn't feel compelled to watch it at Monday at night. I don't and I watched it on Friday. Well, there you are. Rebel. <laughs> so you were, more you were more compelled than you, any of us. You, you TV insider, you. Uh, Gary, did you watch Clique? Yes. It's a BBC Three drama, if you didn't know it was on, because let's be honest, it's on BBC Three. Two friends, sort of childhood friends, Georgia and Holly. Georgia is played by Ashling Francozzi from The the Fall. Holly is played by Sinovi Carlson, I'm going to say. S-Y-N-N-O-V-E. <laughs> And this is actually her first ever TV role, and I was very impressed wow. by hearing this. Georgia is sort of the party girl. Holly's a bit more reserved. We see this early on in scenes together. Then you see them going off to a club together, and they encounter for the first time the titular clique, sort of led by a lecturer called Jude McDermott, who's played by um, Louise Brearley, who we know best as Mopey Molly Hooper from Sherlock. Basically, you get the impression that there's sort of secretive things going on. This is sort of like a, almost like a secret. If it was an American thing, it would be a secret sorority, wouldn't it be? Yeah. There's these like four very strong women. It's all linked to like a fellowship that Jude and her brother have set up in their company exclusively for female students, isn't it? This, to me, felt like Veronica Mars more so than I thought Riverdale did. 
Yeah, yeah, there was very strong links to Veronica Mars. I, I liked the fact that it was real. I liked the fact that it was gritty. And it felt very much yeah. like a glossy American drama, mm. but still very much set in Scotland. The mystery they sort of built up really well. You know, she found the one of the girls had looked like she'd committed suicide, slit mm. her wrist in the bath, took her to hospital, and the last scene was her falling out the window, which was like yeah, was a, the first um, shot from that second series of Line of Duty. And I like Louise Freely. I thought she was a lot stronger here than she's ever been in Sherlock for me. I think she's... Completely. She, well, she was always playing the kind of downtrodden, yeah. nerdy character that yeah. this, which was playing something completely different. I really like this. Again, You're going to carry on with this. Well, this is like 13. Why the hell is this only on BBC Three? I was kind of not invested. And then I got more and more drawn in specifically again praising the lead actress by the end i thought it was ticking along rather nicely i really enjoyed it it was dark yet believable which is difficult to do i believed that this these things were happening to these people and this could be a probable thing that happened it felt very contemporary without being in your face with all its references and music and things my issue is similar to gary's i believe in as much as as much as i like it or liked it, I don't know whether I will remember mm. to go back onto BBC Three on Sunday or Saturday. We're not sure what day it turns up. I, I think know. the problem is, and I, I found this, and I, I don't know if it's the same on Sky. On the Virgin system, I went to search for Click, first of all, and it doesn't come up on the search, even though it's available on the BBC iPlayer, which a lot of things are. If you went through your Virgin screen, you couldn't find it. You also can't series link it, so you can't no. get it in your My Recordings. And I'm assuming that's the same thing in Sky, that I actually have to physically go into the yeah. iPlayer, go to the yeah. BBC Three section. Yeah. I don't understand this. I don't understand why this would be something that the newer generation of people, and this is clearly aimed at a young market, why they wouldn't want to do that as well. And they also... want things quicker and faster, and this isn't that. If the, one of the benefits, we've, we've, we've shown it ourselves by talking over and over again about these online shows. One of the benefits is if you like something, you can watch it all and you can shout about it online and get all your friends watching. What I would like to have seen with this is if all six were available in one go. Had mm. all six been yeah. available in one go, I may well have gone. I want to see how it progresses from here. Especially as they're only 40 five-ish minutes 43 waiting a week i don't know with all the stuff that's on and i'm watching the good fight which i'm really enjoying which again i'm having to seek out i don't i imagine as good as this was that it'll fall by the wayside not because i didn't enjoy it not because it wasn't good drama but because it's just not easily accessible and not on my radar if it then came on to do like a 13 on a bbc2 would you watch it then or a bbc1 like i say and like a 9 p.m slot or a 10 p.m slot if i could record it have it at my beck and call and know it wasn't going to vanish and know i could just press a button and there it was yes okay it's disappointing that this won't be able to be seen by a wider audience because it is that good may get a BBC Two audience, 13, as Matt said, did. All the BBC Three shows are. This country, which we talked about, is getting a BBC One airing at midnight on a Saturday. Uncle which is just 
buried in the in the schedules on BBC One. As long as they put it on there somewhere, they can, uh, you they know, can they can live up. They, well, yeah. they live up to their promise of putting everything on on BBC One or Two. At some but if point. something, it, it's like the old "If a tree falls in a forest, you hear it." If something's signed on two o'clock on BBC One on a Saturday morning, but it's like contractual obligations, like they yeah. did with the um, US version of The Apprentice. They had a contractual obligation to show those because they bought the rights to the the name for the Alan Sugar version and they showed that at like stupid o'clock in the morning. No one was complaining because obviously... And look how that turned out. He's now president. Yeah. I'm just looking actually at the BBC Three bit of the iPlayer at the moment and Cleek is lower down on the listings than a documentary called My Unusual Vagina. So there you go. Not not yours. (laughs) That that would be quite unusual. It whizzes along quite nicely. It's intriguing. It's got a good central mystery. And a really good central performance. It does appeal very strongly to the BBC Three audience, the BBC Three remit of appealing to young, especially young women, I suppose, Mm. in this case. So Mutiny is a brand new series from the creators of uh, SAS Who Dares Wind, which is a show I just never really bothered with. But it does feature um, one of its main um, contributors, Ant somebody. Sorry, I don't know the same (laughs) He's um, the captain not, on this, yes? Yes, he is. And it sort of puts modern-day men in the shoes of the people on board the bounty. When there was a mutiny yeah. on the bounty, yeah. Captain Bly was cast adrift with eight or nine of men who were loyal to him on the yeah. ship still. And this so is that story. They're in a replica of his boat. You know, there's a doctor on board... They tried to replicate it as best like they can. Jack, someone who's good at cooking, yeah, um, navigator, and whatever that guy was who who just got out of prison and now wants to sail around the world. So it's a reality show following them with with uh, excerpts of the real yeah, story. They're following the his diary, aren't they? That's the yeah. thing. They're following it to the letter. I thought it was a good idea. Really poorly executed. I was bored quite soon hmm. in. Uh, because, and this makes me sound terrible, I wasn't that interested in the history side of things. I know that makes me sound awful, but it would just get interesting on the boat with the guys, and then they would cut away to the real-life story, and I sort of lost a bit of interest there. And also, they didn't do, in my eyes, a very good job of setting up who everybody was and why they were there. Yeah, you basically got the... A lot about that Chris, who was the troublemaker, who you know didn't do what he was told to do, didn't collect the firewood yeah. when he was told to, was jumping around on rocks for some reason. It literally felt like they told him, "Play the antagonist. We need an antagonist," sort of thing. I wasn't invested in it. Channel Four do these shows brilliantly. I was mm. hoping it was going to be like the Catch or, or the, the Island, Island, the Island which I love. I never really felt that they were in any real danger at any point. I didn't really feel like this was genuine. And I felt like it was a clever way of telling the sto- the original story with a modern twist rather than it being about their adventure or their journey. And I didn't warm to any of the characters we were following and I think that's where it falls apart for me. Yes, agree. I agree totally with everything that, that Ruby said. Um, I don't think I've got any other points. Apart from there was a lot of effing and jeffing which I didn't think there needed to be. There never needs to be, but all, you can always guarantee if it's Channel 4, 9 o'clock... It will yeah, always... but yeah, I mean, they, they just literally just put them in there for the sake of it. It wasn't... It, it was just like, like it. Yeah. Any other business? 
uh, well actually Gary does have some more business because he, while we were taking to the streets yesterday, he took to uh, the social media street to get some feedback on some shows that friends of his online are still watching. Indeed, what I did was I just put out there that we were recording a podcast and that I'd seen a lot of telly and <clears throat> asked what other people were watching and here's a little bit of a flavour. So Mike, uh, who's at Bruno Brooks, no not that one, uh, he's watching really? the weapon. Oh. No, yeah, I don't think he's that one. He He's watching uh, Lethal Weapon. He thought it was excellent. It was harking back to a simpler era before telly had to be good. I kind of know what he means by that. <laughs> I know what well, he no, means as think, well, yeah. I know, what, I know what he means. It's not perhaps the most elegant way of saying it, but I know what he means. Sugesti, who's SMNGST68, is watching Roots, uh, which we haven't really talked about. And maybe we'll talk to go back to it at some point. Uh, it's a remake of the show... Uh, that was controversially shown on BBC One. There's been a bit of con- controversy about this, hasn't there? Because it's not been shown yeah. on one of the main BBC channels. It's on BBC Four. But I suppose it's because it's an international import, maybe. That's why it's on BBC Four. Yeah, maybe. Tim Brown, or at Forest Timbo, is watching a lot. But mostly, he's, one of the things he's watching is 24 Legacy. He thinks oh, the wow. series gets better. He thinks it... it, it I'll get much worse. Well, he said it's high octane, which I suppose we would all agree with. It it all starts very fast. I suppose if it keeps. I suppose that... when I was watching Taken, I was praying for Twenty Four Legacy. Praying for the pipe scene to uh, open things up. Scott Keane at the Scott Keane. He's stealing my uh, my thing. There is watching a lot of what we're watching, Broadchurch and Walking Dead. But he stuck with Prime Suspect Seventy Three. He thought that it was slow. He never watched the original. Uh, series, so uh, he, he's interested in seeing how this one progresses. Uh, that was pretty much it, but I just thought it was interesting. All I did was I just put out there what I was watching, asked people opinions. We love to hear what you guys are watching. We do. Because, of course, we watch things for you. Sometimes we can Especially for you. But sometimes we stop because, as you say, there's always new things to watch, and we don't always carry on with everything. So we'd love to know to our various Twitter handles, what are you carrying on with? Oh, oh, oh Gary, or oh, so. they could email us. Indeed, and, and, and Matt has the details. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I, like how we're, I like how we're now a breakfast show. I'll, I'll be in yeah. in a minute with the travel. We've only had four contributors so far with questions. So we could do with some more questions, please, for our Q&A special. We're not sure when we're going to tape it yet, when we've got enough questions, hopefully. <laughs> uh, also, as Gary said, if you've got any shows that you'd like us to talk about or that you're still watching that we previously talked about, please email us at custardtvreviews at gmail.com. We're all on Twitter, not together. We've got our own separate ones because we're people in our own right. At Luke Custard TV for me, at Matt's TV, and The Gary Show for Gary as well. We're also on YouTube where you can listen to individual reviews if you search for Custard TV. The website we all hail from is thecustardtv.com, and we're on Facebook, and you can subscribe on iTunes. We are basically a virus all over your internet if you know where to find us. Well, that almost rhymed there. Yeah, I know, I didn't we're a, even we're know. like a virus if you know where to find us. You're I'm like Eminem. And yeah. You're a poet and you don't realise it. <laughs> I didn't realise it. Okay. Uh, pick of the week. This is where we look ahead to uh, next week's telly. Uh, maybe we've seen something. Maybe we like the look of something. And we uh, urge you to join us in watching. So pick of the week. Um, Gary, have you got any idea what you'll go for? 
Well, yeah, I, I, I think the only thing next week that sort of draw my, draw my attention is the programme that we reviewed a few weeks ago, Midnight Sun, starts on Sky Atlantic on yes, Wednesday at 10 o'clock. Ah. Uh, it, and we talked about... You say a few weeks ago, last year. Last we were, year we now, Last yeah. year, my word, how the time flies when you're having fun. So the startling opening scene that, that Luke talked about, which was yeah. the most interesting thing he'd ever seen, uh, yeah. which we won't spoil if you've not seen yeah. it. But yeah, that, but, that's uh, probably worth it. And I'd like to watch the second episode. Uh, at some point just to see how it goes if you're not watching if you don't plan on watching it just watch it for the opening scene because yeah. it's just wow uh, so when is that Gary my apologies uh, that's to Wednesday at 10 o'clock on Sky Atlantic Matthew well there's a couple of things there's the Call the Midwife finale which is on 8pm on Sunday yeah. night on BBC One and then if I've got my weeks right it is uh, inside number 9 at 10pm yeah. on you're Tuesday right. that's um, what's the name of this one? This is the one with Keely Hawes and Rishi Smith, and it's called Diddle Diddle Dumpling. Diddle 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 Dum. This is the one Gary needs to watch. Tuesday night, ten p.m. No, ten o'clock on BBC Two, and it is, and it is called Diddle Diddle Dumpling. Luke. Oh, is it? My apologies. Yes. Uh, Big Little Lies. Actually, I've got two. We'll, we'll go Big Little Lies. Monday at nine on Sky Atlantic. This is the new HBO series from the aforementioned. David E. Kelly that I wasn't going to watch, watched and quite enjoyed. So I'm looking forward to what Matt or Gary has to say about it. And last night I decided I was obsessed with the replacement. So I have to urge you all listening uh, to catch up on that. And it finishes next Tuesday at nine on BBC One. So that's Big Little Eyes on Sky Atlantic Monday. The replacement on BBC One Tuesday. Inside number nine on BBC Two Tuesday. And Wednesday at 10, Sky Atlantic, Midnight Sun, which is a brand new crime drama which we discussed last year. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you to Gary. Yes. <laughs> and thank you to Matt. I've never done that. Thank you, Luke. Before. Oh, yeah, no, we've problem. never done thank yous. Thank you, thank you, Luke. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank, thank you, you listen. We will be back soon to discuss uh, Big Little Lies. That inside number nine that Matt and I discussed and we'd like going to watch Don and Keely Hawes. Take care. Bye. 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 Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.